Greetings, Crosspoint onlineers and friends. I thought before we go to our great Bible story of the day, I would give you a brief report from our Gear Up campaign. Our goal is $20,000, and as of today, we're at 14,000, only 6,000 to go. I suppose I'm speaking to some to whom this is new. What, what is Gear Up? Why do we need to gear up? What gear? The truth is, presently, here at Crosspoint, we don't have the ability to simultaneously do the in-person and the online services. We need gear to do that. We need uh, additional cameras are needed. Our main computer, uh, media computer, is a 2013 and needs to be updated. And our, our online audience, people we want to reach, we need to be able, they need to be able to hear and see everything on stage uh, that's happening on stage in our, during our service. And the days, when, the days when you can put a stationary camera up at the back of a church and have a couple of in-house microphones and record the sound just won't do. But let me give you the big why behind the gear up. People need Jesus Christ. And this gear up will help us reach more people out there with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, will you help? We're asking every Crosspointer, every Crosspoint family to discuss this, talk about it, pray about it, and agree to give a one-time significant gift. If you're an online guest, if you're a friend of Crosspoint, would you consider, would you think about it and pray about it and consider giving a one-time gift. You can call the church at 506-452-7110 or you can come to us this way, give at crosspointchurch.ca and do it online. Thank you for considering this. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word, as we go to this great Bible story, would you speak to us truth that we need to hear and we will be obedient to the truth that's revealed to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Today I want to tell you the story of Nehemiah. He was an Israelite who lived 2,500 years ago, but he wasn't living in Israel as the story opens. He's living in Persia, in exile. You see, the Persian Empire swallowed up Israel and many other countries too, on top of that, many Israelites were carried off to live in Persia, and Nehemiah was one of them. Well, Nehemiah ends up being the cupbearer, that's sort of a, of a head waiter, to, Kim, to King Artaxerxes. And one day, Nehemiah's brother comes to visit Nehemiah, and Nehemiah says to him, how are things back home? Terrible, says Hanani, that would be Nehemiah's brother. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been burned. Well, Nehemiah was devastated. Devastated? Well, you see, you have to understand that for the Jew, Jerusalem was a very special place. It still is today for the Jew. It's the holy city, dear to the heart, 
of every and any Jew. So Nehemiah, on hearing this terrible news, goes to prayer, and he prays, Oh God, help us. Once again, God, we have turned away from you. Please forgive us. Will you help us in this desperate hour? Well, God then put in Nehemiah's heart to go back to Jerusalem and build that wall. So he goes to the king, King Artaxerxes, and he asks if he could go home and do this. The king said yes. And Nehemiah went back and rebuilt the wall around Jerusalem. And there you have it. That's the story of Nehemiah. Hey, 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 hold on just a second. Uh, excuse me? I'm sorry? I, I, I think you're getting my story wrong. Your story? H have I got the scheduling wrong here? I thought this was my... I thought I was doing the story this week. No, you are doing the story, but you're, you're making it sound like I built the wall all by myself, and that's just simply not true. Huh? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't introduce myself. Hi, I'm Nehemiah. Nehemiah? The Nehemiah? Yep. How is that possible? Well... Well, you know what? Ne never mind. I'm just glad... I'm just glad that you're here. Hey, this is really incredible. So, you were recounting the story of how uh, I... Of how you rebuilt the wall around Jerusalem, yes. Yeah, yeah but... See, that's just it. it. It wasn't just me. You're making it sound like I did all that on my own. And you don't think I built that thing back up in 52 days alone, do you? In 52 days, the whole wall? No way. Well, that's, that's right. No way. Well, so how did you do it? Well, first things first. If I was going to pull this off, I had to be positive that God was with me. And he was, because he was actually the one that gave me the idea. Then next, I had to find help to, to go... build the wall. Yes. Like I said, I couldn't do it alone. It would have been impossible. So when I went to Jerusalem, I summoned up the leaders and I told them what I thought God had laid on my heart. And together, we convinced all the people that we are all in this together. Well, thanks, Nehemiah. I guess I should have read your book more carefully. Thanks for... Thanks for showing up here today, and thanks for correcting me. You're welcome. And actually, right now i got to go, because there's some preacher down in Texas telling my story this morning, and he's not getting it right either. <laughs> thanks again. Well, there you have it, folks. You heard the story. Nehemiah convinced the leaders that the wall must be built, and then he and the leaders recruited men and women, hundreds of them, Nehemiah helped them to see that together it could be done. So that really is the story in a nutshell. God gave Nehemiah the idea. Nehemiah sold the idea to the people, and the people went to work being convinced that we are all in this together. So think on this. The first thing I want you to notice from this story is this. Without God, no all. Without God, no wall. The idea came from God. Nehemiah did not say, hey guys, I have an idea. No, when Nehemiah heard about the devastation in Jerusalem, and I'm reading from his book now, Nehemiah says, I sat down and wept. 
In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obeys his commands, listen to my prayer. And God did listen, and God put the idea in his mind, go to Jerusalem and rebuild the wall. You see it? Without God, no wall. For every great work for God begins with us cooperating with God. It was about 24 years ago when God placed an idea in my mind, and I stood before my congregation back then and said, if we're going to reach lost and searching people in our area, we need to, uh, we need to build. Our little building was full and overrun, and so we did build back then. And we reached hundreds of people during those years. And that church today is still reaching people by the dozen. Just a few weeks ago, God placed an idea in my mind and in the mind of the staff here, the excellent pastoral staff I work with, and leaders. And we placed an idea in our mind, and I stand before you, my people today, and I say, if we're going to reach lost and searching people out there, then we must gear up to effectively reach hundreds, thousands with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see it? It's God's idea. Without God, no wall. Without God, no gear up. It's God's idea. Now, the goal of gear up is simply to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. To tell people that Jesus Christ is the answer for that inner longing, for that haunting emptiness down inside their hearts. Did you know that Jesus himself planned and implemented, implemented the original Gear Up program? We often refer to it as the Great Commission. As Jesus was preparing to leave the planet, he gathered his disciples and he said, I want you to gear up. Well, those are my words. He said, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that Cross Point Church has a history of gearing up with God ideas? Even in my one year here as pastor, it was God's idea that we would provide wells and fresh clean water over in Liberia. It was God's idea that we help the relief to do some relief work in the Bahamas. You see it? Without God, no all. Without God, no gear up projects. Here's the second thing I would have you notice from the story of Nehemiah. Without, not only without God, no all, but without Nehemiah, no all. You see, God doesn't do walls. God inspires and he stirs and he plants ideas. You've heard the saying, perhaps, God has no hands but our hands. Well, it's true. It's, it's, it's a curious thing, isn't it? That by his own hand, by God's hand, he created the heavens and the earth. 
than every living thing. And on day six, he created man and woman. And ever since, when God wants anything done, he looks for a Noah, an Abraham, a Moses, a David, a Nehemiah. He looks for you and he looks for me. Amazing, isn't it? God is always looking for Nehemiahs in whom he plants ideas. Antonio Stradivari was one of the greatest violin makers of all times. It is estimated that he made more than a thousand violins, all after he was 60 years old. He died when he was 93. He spoke poetically of the teamwork between himself and God. He wrote, when a master holds twixt chin and hand a violin of mine, he will be glad that Stradivari lived, made violins, and made them of the best. While God gives them skill, I give them instruments to play upon, God choosing me to help him. If my hand slacked, I should rob God, since he is fullest good, leaving a blank instead of violins. He could not make Antonio Stradivari's violins without Antonio, without, Stra without Stradivari, no violin, without Nehemiah, no wall. You see, it's, it's not so much that God can't do it on his own, but he won't do it on his own. He works through human instruments. He looks for a Tanya Nace. She spoke to us back in February, World Hope Director. He looks for a Tanya Nace to lead the charge for clean water in the third world. He looks for a, a Dave Rowe who will lead a team and go to storm the storm-shattered Bahamas. He looks for an Eric Collicott in whom he created a passion for men's ministry. He looks for a Bud Pond who will sit with the phone every day and making make encouraging phone calls. When Jesus was here on earth, he found a 12-year-old boy who led the way and gave the lead gift his lunch and made it possible for Jesus to feed a crowd of 5,000 people. Two questions. One, could Jesus have fed that crowd without the boy's lunch? Well, I think so. Question two, would he have fed them without the boy's lunch? I think not. Without the boy's lunch, no banquet by the sea. Without Nehemiah, no wall. Without your willingness to step up and say, I'll take responsibility for that. Leave it to me. I'll see that it gets done. Without that kind of response, some walls that God wants built will never be completed. Without God, no wall. Without Nehemiah, no wall. And here's the third truth from this story. Without the people, no wall. You heard Nehemiah speaking to me moments ago. It wasn't just me. You're making it sound like I did all that on my own. You don't think I built that thing back up in 52 days on my own, did you? No. You see, without the people, no wall.
When it comes to getting things done, there are really two kinds of people. Those who prefer to stay on the sidelines and let someone else do it, and those who willingly join the team. I want you to notice just for a minute Nehemiah's team. I'm reading now from chapter 3, and this is just a partial list. Then Eliashib, the high priest, and the other priests started to rebuild the sheep gate. A little later, the fish gate was built by the sons of Hassanah. They did the whole thing, laid the beams, hung the doors, and put the bolts and bars in place. The old city gate was repaired by Joida, son of Passiah, and Meshulam, son of Basoadiah. Next would Uziel, son of Hariah, the goldsmith by trade, who also worked on the wall. Beyond him was Hananiah, a manufacturer of perfumes. Next, Jediah, son of Harumap, repaired the wall beside his house. Shalom, son of Halasheth, and his daughters repaired the next section. The people from Zoah, led by Hanan, rebuilt the valley gate, hung its doors, and installed the bolts and bars. They also repaired the 1,500 feet of the wall to the dung gate. And then let me read this last item. And again, this is just a few of his team. The dung gate was repaired by Maljaka, son of Rechab. The dung gate, good old Micaiah. Some jobs are unpleasant. This would be one of them. Phew. You see, Nehemiah by himself could never have completed the job in his lifetime. Some years ago, the headline of a newspaper article read, Pennies Block Traffic. The accompanying article cleared up the mystery. In Jessup, Maryland, a truck carrying 4.3 million pennies turned over on an entrance ramp to a highway, dumping copper-filled canvas sacks all over the highway. Traffic was tied up for several hours while police cleared the road. One penny, of course, could not have held up anything, but when 4.3 million pennies were brought together, they stopped the traffic. You get the message. Doing the undoable takes more than one. We are all in this together. It takes all of us to get the job done. The talented and the perhaps not so talented, the young and the old, young Christians and older Christians. Some people say, oh, God doesn't really need me, but he does. The rhinoceros, they say, has very poor eyesight but its, its tough hide is infested with ticks, a delicacy to a certain little bird which rides on the back of the rhino, feeding on the insects and alerting the rhino to danger. God has a purpose for every one of his creature, creatures, and God needs you, and he needs me, and we need each other. And you know what? When we do God's work, there always is opposition. Critics will try to discourage us at times. Nehemiah had his detractors. We read in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 19, but when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of our plan, they scoffed 
contemptuously. And what did Nehemiah do? He just said to them, God is in this thing, and this really is none of your business, and he just kept on, and everyone else did too, working together. We're all in this together. There's an Aesop fable that tells that there were four bulls that were great friends. They went everywhere together. They fed together. They would lay down and rest together, always keeping so close to each other that if, if there were any danger near, together they could face it easily. Now there was a lion that was, that was determined to have them, but he could never get at them singly. He was a match for any one of them alone, but not for all four at once. However, he used to watch for his opportunity, and then when one lagged the least bit behind the others as they grazed, this lion would slink up next and whisper that the other bulls had been saying unkind things about him. And this he did so often that at last the four friends became uneasy. Each thought, each of the bulls thought that the other was plotting against him, and they went off by themselves, their friendship broken. And that's exactly what the lion wanted, and one by one, he killed them. They made for four great meals. Here's the message for you today. If we stick together, we can get the job done, every job every project, every gear up. You see, without the people to do the work, there would have been no wall. Without Nehemiah to lead the way, there would have been no wall. And without God, the idea to build the wall would never have occurred. There would be no wall. We are all in this together. Do you agree? If you do, I encourage you go to the comment section there and, and let us know and simply say, I'm in. Would you do that today? We are all in this together. This is God's great work. Father, thank you for men like Nehemiah have showed us how you want to place ideas in us. You want us to respond with a willing heart. You want us to agree to be involved and get involved in the work of the kingdom. Father, this is the way you work. Thank you for the leaders that you've placed among us. Thank you for a willing people who are saying, even now as I pray this prayer, I'm in. We are all in this together. And Father, thank you for inspiring us with ideas how we might help extend your kingdom and bring more people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. This we pray in Jesus' strong name. Amen.